Hello, everyone, and welcome to Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their advice. If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. I facilitate a monthly animation group because I found over the last eight years in coaching autistic folks that there were so many that were passionate about the world of animation. That's why today I'm thrilled to be joined by Jeff Snyder to talk about the many presentations he gives relating to autistic people and animation. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us on Autism Stories today. Thank you. I, I want to start out and learn where does your story in the autism community begin? Well, I was uh, first diagnosed with autism at 21 months old. I didn't start speaking. I was not verbal until I was um, four years old. And then I had been, uh, upon my graduation from uh, high school in 2007, I became the first student with autism in my uh, hometowns, uh, school district to have gone through pre-K through grade 12 without coming from other towns and other school districts. And then I also moved into my own apartment in uh, 2015 and I've been here ever since. So my, my, my objective is to, is to share my story with the autism community and hopefully inspire others to do the same. Now, through my organization, Autism Personal Coach, we formed an animation group because many of the people that we coach have a passion for animation. I, I know you love animation as well, so I was wondering, why do you think animation is something that many autistics are drawn towards? Well, in the sense, I think animation is sort of like a gateway to to a different kind of reality, if you will, because people, people with, because autistics, they are, they sometimes get bogged down by the, by the reality of the world that we live in. And they want to go into this, they want to go into their own little world. And I think animation, it's not only a visual representation, but it's also like a internal representation of what people with autism want to, want to be as they, get as they live their their lives if you will i've heard from autistic folks that their love of animation has allowed them to learn and become more aware socially would you say that is uh, true in any way for you i would say yes um because i think um as someone who grew up watching disney films um i've come to view animation as uh, particularly Disney as kind of like, you know, characters that we can identify with on the autism spectrum. And that's the purpose of, of autism and Disney of the autism and Disney character series, where I take certain characters and 
that display traits of autism, and I share those ideas with the uh, with the community, with the community, with the audience, and hopefully each character will spark a response in people that says, "Oh, this is why so and so acts the way they are. They are like you know." or they are like Gus or they don't understand social boundaries like Tigger or and who can also be really curious like Alice. That's where the goal of this presentation of this series comes into play here. And with each character that I, I discuss, it each character connects with the audience in, in a way possible. So that's where that that's the whole meat of this this particular presentation. Now, talking about Disney, you've given presentations regarding uh, autism in, in Disney characters. Some people, yes. uh, you know, believe that Winnie the Pooh is autistic. Would you agree with them in this notion? Well, I would definitely agree with um, with those that say Winnie the Pooh is autistic because, as a matter of fact. Um, who is actually in volume one of my Autism and Disney Character series, and I talk, and who represents that people, autistic people, for example, they have a limited diet, like all who eats is honey, and certain, and certain people on the autism spectrum will have a, will have a tendency to eat a restricted diet. So that's where... So that's an example. And another thing that a lot of people can connect with Pooh on the autism spectrum is that he can believe everything that a person says or he can believe anything that is said. Because if you have seen any of the, like any of the Winnie the Pooh films in like the 90s or even the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh in the 90, late 80s, early 90s, you'll notice that there are certain times where Pooh will hear something and He'll tend to believe. He'll tend to believe that certain thing exists. Like, for example, in the Pooh's Grand Adventure: The Search for Christopher Robin, he believes that Pooh. He believes that Christopher Robin has been kidnapped by a creature called the Skull. When in reality, he's really gone to school. And thinking about um, some other Disney characters that might be autistic or have traits of autism. That are there some that most people would be surprised to learn about? Well, I think uh, for I think uh, you know a few examples of um, characters that I think people might be surprised is uh, I would say probably the, the Mad the Mad Hatter and the March Hare from Alice in Wonderland because they create their own like holiday which is the unbirthdays and the unbirth and people with autism will tend to create their own holidays and they try to engage others to join in. But the people that don't understand do not, may not want to take part and they kind of don't understand. So that's an example right there, because if you notice, um, and these two are actually going to be included in volume two of my series and they actually, they actually go the, White Rabbit into joining them by obviously destroying his watch when they believe that, that it's not working properly. So that's a good example of um, 
that's a good example because the, when they destroy the watch, they'll they're really trying to engage the white rabbit into joining their shenanigans, and obviously the white rabbit doesn't want to and ends up paying the price with his uh, watch being destroyed. Your presentation uh, regarding autism in Derek in Disney characters sounds like such a fun and interesting uh, you know conversation or presentation to me. What's what's been the feedback you've received uh, regarding this presentation? Uh, so far, feedback's been really positive. I mean, I um, mostly have presented this um, virtually, but I actually managed to present this in front of a live audience last month in Orlando um, at a convention called MyCon, and uh, and the reviews for the reviews from MyCon were were pretty favorable and. Uh, and allows them to, and it gave the audience a chance to engage which particular character they connect to the most. I know you do lots of speaking engagements, you know, over the last year or so. I would imagine more of those are through Zoom than in in in-person engagements. Do you have a preference to one versus the other? Well, I will say, personally, I would prefer in-person over Zoom because... When it comes to Zoom, even though it can be very convenient, you don't get a lot of that interaction that you get in person. I mean, I mean, if there's one thing that the pandemic has taught us is that, you know, we don't always have to be, you know, in person or we can always be talking from the comfort of our own homes. I mean, but from a professional standpoint, I would prefer in person because you, you, you get to, you know, take pictures with people you get to talk to them you get you know you get to you know do all these all these things that you can't do on zoom so other than the autism in uh, disney characters presentations what are some of the other topics that you uh talk about well one of the other um another presentation that um i've created is called rudolph the red-nosed reindeer why does it represent neurodiversity? And I'm pretty sure a lot of people uh, notice that Rudolph, you know, is sort of a representation of neurodiversity because Rudolph, Hermie, and the Misfit Toys, who are the characters that I talk about in this presentation, each display a representation of neurodiversity in the sense that, like, Rudolph wants to be accepted and despite having a red nose and Hermie wants to be a dentist, but because he's an elf, they believe he's relegated to just making toys. And the misfit toys are each character, each have their own goal, but because, you know, for example, like, you know, they have a, you know, a handicap, if you will, they're rejected by, um, by society and they're cast to live on this island of, uh, misfit toys. So, and it, if anyone uh, listening is interested in booking you for a speaking engagement, how can they go about doing so? Well, um, I am on speak. I have a profile on Speaker Hub. Um, people can also reach me. Uh, I'm also I run a page on Facebook called Jeff Snyder Disability Self Advocate and a group called Jeff Snyder Disability Self Advocacy, which. Um, has around 600 members as of uh, as of this interview, and uh, also I've 
And also they can reach me um, through my email at twilightsparkle3562 at gmail.com. And also I am on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. What's been your experience with uh, Speaker Hub in getting uh, um, you know, speaking engagements? Well, so far I have gotten a few. Uh, I've, so far I've gotten uh, one speaking engagement through them, and I actually have another that has been that I'm working towards for the end of the month. And then, of course, um, I've also gotten speaking engagements through my LinkedIn profile as well. Um, as a matter of fact, there was a company that reached out to me in North Carolina called PPD, and they are they have expressed interest in having me present to talk and talk about my experience to their people. So, I mean, that's I, I mean that's where you know a majority. That's where if anyone wants me to you know speak, whether it be in person or uh, Zoom, uh, they can reach out to me through those um, platforms. So other than you, the presentations you give, you have worked at a grocery store for many years. For, for many uh, autistics, the grocery store can be one of the most overwhelming places to go to. Uh, what's been your experience um, working at the uh, grocery store? Well, I mean, it's not the most perfect job out there I've been I mean, I started out as a bagger, and now I'm a porter or janitorial specialist. And, and I will say, the one thing I, I view from working in a grocery store is that is that you can't, don't consider working in a grocery store as your primary career. I mean, I get that, you know, with, I mean, some people might be, some people might be happy working in a grocery store, but there are there are going to be some obstacles when it comes to working, particularly grocery stores tend to be sensory overloading and uh, anxiety provoking. So I would probably recommend that there would be ways to teach uh, someone who is working in a grocery store or wants to work in a grocery store, sort of like tips and coping techniques that can help the individual work at at the grocery store. I mean, I've, you know, I, so one tactic is I usually go in an hour early to kind of mentally prepare myself for the work shift ahead. And, you know, I listen to my iPod and stuff like that. So that's one, ta- that's one tactic that I would recommend. Now, f- for those that the grocery store is overwhelming, are there accommodations people can ask for from the grocery store itself to reduce their stress levels and and still get the groceries that they need? Well, I would probably recommend maybe reaching out to the grocery store and, and say, you know, is there a certain quiet quiet time during the during the day where I can come in and do my grocery shopping or can you can I work during these hours, et cetera, et cetera. And and most some grocery stores will be accommodating, but there has to be kind of a give and take. So give and take, you know, given the, given some circumstances. So that's one thing I will recommend is that you will need to kind of be open-minded and flexible when it comes to getting specific accommodations, because there may be some times where 
you need to work this certain amount or you need to, you know, do this. So, so be prepared kind of for what is, um, so be prepared to kind of give and take, if you will. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate your time today. Um, you know, thanks so much. And I know this was a long time coming, uh, mostly on my end, and I apologize for that. But I do appreciate your your patience. Thank you. And uh, I'm also one one other thing before we um, close up is that um, I recently I contributed to a book called "This Is Autism" by Jessica Leichwise and Aidan Allman Cooper. It is on Amazon.com for nineteen ninety seven. Uh, those who that don't know myself and about 11 other people with autism contributed to this book and we kind of talk about our our lives of living on the spectrum. Well, I, I'll make sure to share a link for that in the uh, podcast description for this episode. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. No problem, Doug. Thanks so much to Jeff for the conversation. To learn more about Jeff and book him for an upcoming presentation, check out the link in the podcast description for this episode. If you're interested in how Autism Personal Coach can help you beyond this podcast, you can find a link to book a free call to learn how we can help coach you to reduce your daily overwhelm and get the things that you need or want in your life. So book a 45-minute Zoom call with me today. If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also really appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, we will have a conversation about autistic research. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.